time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, at issue is the decision to refuse free donuts, pies and breads being donated to senior centers uh, around New York City. Now the seniors wearing sandwich boards proclaiming, just give us our desserts. Well, it didn't take an Institute of Medicine's review of the Food and Drug Administration to reveal just whose interests are they minding. And with recent legislation taking up some of the issues of that concern you and me, the safety of our drugs, food, and more, we'll talk with Dr. Bill Duncan inside the Beltway on behalf of the American Association for Health Freedom. Just what exactly did that recent FDA legislation do and not do? We invite your questions, your insight, your input at 1-800-307-3002, right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. What's well, it's the 29th annual meeting of the American Society for Bone and Mineral Research, and they heard research out of Finland taking a look at calcium intake and fracture rates. Now, some of the recent research in bone health focuses on the fact that many people think about slowing down bone loss. In fact, we have many drugs that do that, increasing bone density. Sometimes the dots don't connect. And the fact that when it comes to certain nutrients for bone health, while they may be making our bones more dense, does it result in less fractures? One of the best cases in point um, was the use of fluoride or even strontium to strengthen the health of our bones. Fluoride in particular was known to make bones uh, more dense, but they were more brittle, hence more breaks. So what this Finnish research uh, um, concentrated on was calcium and its effect on fracture rates. They concluded that calcium supplements offer the greatest protection against bone fractures early in menopause. In fact, they find that women taking hormone replacement therapy along with calcium had the best um, uh, benefit in terms of reducing bone fractures. But of course, you and I know that bones are much more than just calcium. In fact, there are some, what is it, 27 different nutrients in bone health. It's also a part of uh, representation of our overall lifestyle, including activity, hormonal health, um, reducing certain lifestyle habits that accelerate bone loss, like eating lots of animal protein, um, consuming lots of caffeinated uh, beverages, smoking, uh, that can actually adversely affect bone health and have an effect on fracture rates as well. Well, it's a new study, but I suggest that perhaps we already knew the results. From the Journal of Clinical Oncology comes the research that cancer takes an emotional toll, not just on the person 
who's the patient, but on both partners in a relationship, that what affects one spouse affects the others. The depth of distress, though, seen in this study, suggests that spouses often need more help than they get in coping with their partner's cancer. This research comes from the University of Michigan, and it speaks to the fact that just like literature says, we take those troubles to heart. That when, for example, prostate cancer strikes a husband, his wife may be equally distressed. And of course, uh, we could probably fill in the blank when it comes to the form of cancer, knowing that it affects both partners in a relationship and that has health consequences. We certainly know that uh, particularly females who are adept at stuffing emotions in a relationship have more heart disease, more unhealthy uh, hearts in terms of overall general heart well-being just because those molecules of emotion, after all, our heart has hormone receptors and can adversely be affected by those molecules of emotion. Well, to hear about it all too frequently, bad bacteria, and whether it's the 100,000 amputations each year in this country, or the 1 in 10 hospitalized patients who end up with bed sores, and of course, in many cases, those bed sores can be infected um, with very difficult-to-treat bacteria. What are you going to do? when you have some um, strains of bacteria like C. difficile that are often opportunistic when antibiotics are used to kill not only bad bacteria but end up uh, affecting the good bacteria as well. well. According to Canadian researchers presenting at the annual InterScience uh, Conference on Antimicrobial Agents and Chemotherapy, old-fashioned soap and water was better than alcohol in removing C. difficile and old-fashioned soap and water better than antiseptic wipes in removing C. difficile. So (laughs) it certainly opens your eyes in the hospital where often they're swabbing with antiseptic wipes, they're swabbing with alcohol, only to recognize that that may not be removing C. difficile which is an opportunistic um, bacteria that often is quite problematic, even deadly, to hospitalized patients um, with affected immune system. So just keep in mind, uh, presented information at McGill University that alcohol wipes and antiseptic wipes inferior to old-fashioned soap and water in removing C. difficile. Well, this is eye-opening indeed. We have one state in the country that requires a doctor to be in the room during surgery. Yes, you didn't hear it wrong. Only Kentucky is the state that requires a doctor to be in the room during surgery. The scrutiny these days is that the American Society for Dermatologic Surgery uh, indicated that a million laser procedures, whether it's wrinkle removal, tattoo removal, hair um, uh, removal are are being done each year in this country. But among board-certified dermatologists, they are not the only ones operating skin lasers, that there are even local beauty salons using laser treatment. And with the regulations that Kentucky is the only state in the country that requires that a doctor be in the room during surgery, (laughs) 
in this day and time of scrutiny on on you know litigation uh, when it comes to medical errors and malpractice, I just I, I just find that amazing. Um, and what we are now finding is illegal laser surgery worrying many because whether it's trying to remove a tattoo or some laser hair removal, we are finding laser surgery in the wrong hands can absolutely become dangerous. That laser procedures are performed by people with limited training, which makes you wonder how they got the equipment or even afforded it to begin with. But what's wrong with the other 49 states? The only state in the country requiring a doctor to be in the room during surgery is Kentucky. Well, this is pretty eye-opening. If you take a look at all of the um, advertisement and marketing that has been directed to the Women's Health Initiative results, where the risk of hormone replacement therapy, and we're speaking of synthetic hormone replacement therapy, outweighing the benefits. There, of course, have been many advertisements devoted to women's alternatives. Now, Stanford University has taken a look at women and their knowledge of this important information, finding, amazingly, only one in three women knew about the findings of the Women's Health Initiative. And when they went further, they found that just 34% understood that synthetic prescription hormone replacement therapy might boost their risk of heart disease. Only 9% knew that supplemental prescription hormones, and in both cases we're talking about Prempro, which is a combination of Premarin and Provera, increased memory loss risk. But the good news is 64% of them knew that hormones do increase their risk of breast cancer. So obviously we need to do an ongoing educational effort with most women unaware of the large-scale study finding significant cancer and heart risk associated with the long-term use of synthetic prescription hormone replacement therapy. All that of Stanford University's Stanford Prevention Research Center. We'll come back and more update on the healthcare news at the bottom of the hour. Dr. Bill Duncan will be joining us today to talk about recent Food and Drug Administration legislation. We invite you to join us. 1-800-307-3002 and American Association of Health Freedom Update on Healthy Talk Radio. America's number one source for healthcare information, news, and medical breakthroughs. Making America healthy coast to coast. It's Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Dr. Bill Duncan joining us today. He'll be with us at the bottom of the hour for an American Association of Health Freedom Update. We'll be focusing on what's going on inside the Beltway. Congress approving a drug safety change, giving the Food and Drug Administration new authority. But what Dr. Bill Duncan will tell us about is what are the checks and balances regarding the Food and Drug Administration minding the interest of consumers about both food and drug safety. Well, a very important commentary published in a journal that may not be on your uh, uh, coffee table. The journal is Free Radical Biology and Medicine. The commentary is written by two heavyweights in nutritional medicine. 
the director of the Linus Pauling Institute at Oregon State University, Dr. Balls Free, as well as the director of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Human Nutrition Research Center at Tufts University, Dr. Jeffrey Blumberg. And together the commentary has the message is that generations of studies on nutrients, and the focus in this particular commentary is on the nutrient vitamin E, may be largely meaningless. Wow, that's a, that's a weighty statement. Generations of studies on vitamin E may be largely meaningless by two nutritional medicine heavyweights, Dr. Blundberg and, uh, from Tufts, Dr. Free from uh, Oregon State University. Quote, because new research has demonstrated the levels of the vitamin E necessary to reduce oxidative stress, in other words, to to counteract the free radicals, counteract the bad guys, are far higher than those that have been commonly used in clinical trials, unquote. What they went on to say is that many of the studies on vitamin E have been done on dosages one-fourth to one-eighth the optimal dose that is now being recognized as the amount of vitamin E necessary to reduce oxidative stress. And if you follow nutritional medicine at all, you know there has been this ongoing controversy. Oh, my goodness, you know, mega doses of vitamins and minerals. There's no science but, you know, to back that up. They're dangerous. Well, if you take a look at three very uh, succinct databases on safety from the Centers for Disease Control, from the Food and Drug Administration, from the American Medical Association, the safety of vitamins and minerals is enviable. The safety of prescription drugs leads many of us to believe we really need to pay attention assessing risk versus assessing benefits to make an informed decision about the use of any prescription medication. But it also speaks to the fact that just like scientific heavyweights, like Dr. Linus Pauling taught us, he took 17,000 milligrams of vitamin C every day until he passed away at an extended age, 93, with all of his faculties, that each one of us have a unique need for nutrients. And many of these needs may be far more than the conventional wisdom when it comes to the amounts of nutrients that our body needs. In fact, there's specific testing. Um, there's a laboratory out of Houston, SpectraCell Labs, that has developed a test. In fact, Dr. Luke Bucci, who was one of the original developers of this test, uh, joins us on a regular basis with a weekly focus on science-based nutrient supplementation. And this functional intracellular analysis, FIA, test for short, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was in a local conventional cardiologist office and was just dumbfounded <laughs> to see some brochures advertising this testing, indicating that this test can tell you and your practitioner what your unique nutrient needs might be, and as importantly, how your body uses nutrients. For example, I take 14,000 milligrams a day of vitamin C. 
have for years because my past history of Crohn's colitis, I function much better, have virtually no colds and flu, virtually no flare-up at all of Crohn's colitis by taking that amount of vitamin C. I also take um, uh, what would be considered mega doses of other nutrients because I've sat down with somebody skilled in nutritional medicine to determine the amount that's right for me. So what Dr. Blundberg and Dr. Free are now saying in the journal Free Radical Biology and Medicine is that all of those studies, generations of studies on vitamin E may be largely meaningless And you and I know we could insert vitamin C, beta carotene, uh, alpha lipoic acid. I mean, we could just go folic acid down the list. Because in many cases, we have not recognized the elegant science of orthomolecular medicine. As Dr. Pauling and other giants in that field did that it may take a large dose because that patient may have a unique need for that nutrient. They may need, for example, 5,000 micrograms of folic acid. Not unheard of. I know physicians who use it all the time, but it also helps to reverse abnormal pap smears in women who are suspect of potentially having cervical cancer. I've seen very large doses, several thousand micrograms of vitamin B12 used routinely to help reverse diabetic neuropathy, uh, fatigue, many conditions. That when we think of mega doses of nutrients, it's not uh, you know, alternative medicine. It's not bad medicine. In fact, it's very good medicine. Because it is acknowledging that that patient has a unique need for nutrient. And now the research confirming that at least in the case of vitamin E, that there are amounts necessary to reduce oxidative stress eight times higher than those used in almost all past clinical trials. Eye-opening information. Speaking of clinical trials... It was presented uh, at the European Association for the Study of Diabetes, University of Oxford Research, that was published online this past week in the New England Journal of Medicine. And what they took a look at was three different drugs given along with insulin with the treatment goal to reduce hemoglobin A1c. The amazing fact was This study, designed to tell which insulin plus drug, and they're taking a look at diabetic drugs like metformin and glyburide, might be best to control blood sugar, produce disappointing results because none of the three strategies worked. The treatment goal was achieved by just 23% of those who were getting insulin plus a drug three times a day. 17% of those getting insulin twice a day, 8% of those getting insulin once a day were able to control blood sugar. So it certainly speaks to the fact that diabetics are known to have widespread nutrient deficiency because of their excessive urination. And all the drugs in the world 
aren't going to be optimal in terms of long-term blood sugar control. We're going to return. Dr. Bill Duncan is going to be joining us today. He is a, uh, a noted expert inside the Beltway on many issues relating to health and freedom of of and healthcare freedom issues. He'll be joining us today to talk about some of the recently passed legislation about the Food and Drug Administration and with drug safety issues that uh, certainly at heart here recently as well as food uh, safety score scares. What do we need to know about this legislation? Is it really going to protect our interests? Dr. Bill Duncan is going to be joining us today at 1-800-307-3002. A health freedom update right here on Healthy Talk Radio. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some closed-minded members of the medical community, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, that's life. I'm Deborah Ray. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio, where each and every week during this time, we devote to an update of what's going on regarding important issues, issues for you and me as healthcare consumers, issues on behalf of the healthcare practitioners on which we depend to be part of our team. You know, we, we, we have to, to function as partners together. The American Association for Health Freedom, and joining us today is one of the, their most noted advisors and experts in the field of what's going on uh, inside the Beltway. He's Dr. Bill Duncan, who joins us today. Dr. Duncan, Bill, hello and welcome. Thank you for letting me be here. Well, with the Congress back in session, um, I know that's an, an important fact um, that many organizations, including the American Association of Health Freedom, uh, uh, focus on, Bill, and an upcoming congressional uh, uh, briefing. Tell us more. Well, we're having a briefing with three different Healthcare practitioners, two uh, physicians and a pharmacist are going to be talking about how they use dietary supplements in their medical practices to treat patients. And also uh, the pharmacist will be talking about how he uses dietary supplements to uh, uh, lessen the side effects of prescription drugs. Well, of course, drug safety, you know, with the recent revelation that the incidences of adverse drug reactions is far more than anyone ever imagined. You put that together for people listening to you, please, Bill. Well, it's a matter of, you know, drugs have effects and they have side effects often, and, and those are rather extensive sometimes for some prescriptions. And, of course, Congress has been very concerned about this in the uh, recent FDA reauthorization bill. It was a major topic of how they were going to track this in the future. And so one of the things that then we've been able to do as part of this effort is to make sure that the new Congress understands that dietary supplements can help them with, can help physicians with that mission. 
Now, just recently in the British literature was just an, an amazing bit of research um, that really confirmed what many nutritional physicians have uh, long found in their own clinical practice bill, and it relates to uh, what now consumes one in three Medicare dollars in uh, a condition that may affect as many as uh, 50% of Americans. Uh, we're talking about prediabetes, and of course, uh, with almost 10% of the entire U.S. population type 2 diabetic. Oh, yes. That we see increased need because there's increased excretion of key nutrients, uh, vitamin yes. B1, thiamine, and of course, there's many other uh, nutrients as well. So, so speak to the whole fact that this has been overlooked not only in pharmacy but in medicine, drug-induced nutrient depletion. Yeah, in fact, we had a briefing when I was uh, on congressional staff that certain prescription drugs would actually cause diabetes, and they were puzzled by that. And yet in 1996, in diabetes, uh, Dr. Richard Anderson at the USDA discovered that using a chromium supplement would uh, make type 2 diabetics normal after four months. I mean, that's that's an astounding finding, especially when you consider that in 2000, which was the last year I was able to generate this number for, we were spending $48.6 billion Medicare dollars on diabetes alone. Now, that's 26.5% of the entire Medicare budget, not counting all of the rest of the uh, health care expenditures. So just a couple of weeks ago, Bill, the Centers for Disease Control said the average person over the age of 60 in this country fills 33-plus prescriptions in one year. If we add up all of the quality of life, all of the financial, all the medical resources that are potentially going to side effects that might be due to uh, drug-induced nutrient depletion, I think we're going to be saving some money here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and it and many of these uh, side effects, uh, many of the the uh, uh, drug-induced nutrient depletions are are clearly uh, known and, and in the literature. So it's it's a fairly uh, straightforward thing for physicians to be able to look at uh, Dr. Lavelle's work, who's coming in to speak, and uh, be able to make sure their their uh, patients are getting better nutrition than they are now. So I think the last statistic that I read, Bill, was over 100,000, some 106,000 people die each year because of the side effects of properly prescribed prescription drugs. You know, where is the outrage that people actually, you know, may be adversely hurt, even even lose their life because of these drug-induced nutrient depletions? I've heard Dr. Laval. Uh, talk to the fact that 40% of cancer deaths are due to that nutrient depletion that is either you know part of not being understood in terms of the focus of their disease or the uh, you know the actual treatments they they receive the chemotherapy and the radiation therapies. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it, you know, they feel pretty bad during chemo. I mean, it's it's not a fun thing to go through when they when they fill you with the cytotox. Well, I hope that this certainly gets Congress's attention. Um, you know, when it comes to the fact that we now recognize not to in the not too distant future, we're to be talking about the entire federal budget consumed by uh, you know Medicare, Medicaid, and, and Social Security bill. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, 
Secretary of Health and Human Services, Tommy Thompson, when he testified before Congress, used to say, we can't treat the next generation like we're treating the current generation because we simply can't afford to. We have to discover ways to treat patients that are that prevent them getting these diseases, not just treat the diseases after they arrive. And uh, that, of course, remains the focus of of uh, many physician members of the American Association for Health Freedom and the other uh, alliance uh, associations that we work with. So it's important that we get that information out there. And that's one of the reasons that uh, Congressman Chris Cannon is preparing to introduce the Medical Information Treatment Access Act. And uh, that will actually provide a pathway to get better research done uh, and confirming research done on nutritional supplements, uh, other treatments, and even off-label use of approved prescription drugs. Oh, we will certainly all look forward to uh, to that as well. Are, are there other issues that will be part of this upcoming congressional uh, briefing on behalf of the American Association for Health Freedom Bill? Uh, yes, we're, we're having some side meetings on the Hill about uh, the FDA recently put out some guidance that they they wanted comment back, public comment back on about how they were going to do health care claims. And you may know that the American Association for Health Freedom sued uh, the FDA in, in uh, Pearson versus Shalala uh, and uh, won the uh, fact that the FDA was being too restrictive in the way that they were authorizing health claims. And uh, one of the key things here is their new guidance came out and said, well, we want to use evidence-based medicine. Uh, that sounds great on the surface, and yet evidence-based medicine only allows human studies. So all of the dietary supplement work that's been done in animals, that's been done in uh, uh, in the lab uh, with various other techniques, wouldn't take wouldn't be taken into account in this in this deal. You'd have to have human studies for every single nutritional supplement that you had on the market, which frankly gets a little silly. Hmm. Hmm. And in view of the fact uh, there's there's uh, a commentary in the current uh, free radical pathology and medicine of which we were speaking uh, earlier, Bill, and that was the commentary of uh, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Blumberg and, and Dr. Balls Free from uh, Oregon State University, that all virtually all of the previous studies on vitamin E are useless because they used a dosage that maybe was one eighth that was optimal. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, dose matters. I mean, it, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't take enough of something, it, you know, if you didn't take enough vitamin C, it certainly wouldn't prevent scurvy, for example. <laughs> so, if, you know, if we take a look at, at other medical models, uh, uh, given the fact that we recently got, got a report card that we're 42nd overall in standing in terms of, of world longevity, um, you know, do, do we have the opportunity to show Congress that, for example, in Denmark, you know, patients first... Um, you know, optimize their nutrition before they even consider, for example, a chemotherapy regime bill. Uh, those kinds of things are vital, but Congress doesn't find them out. It, it, that's one of the things I found it was very difficult for me to discover was I heard, for example, that uh, uh, before children, before when, when couples get married uh, in some of the Scandinavian countries, they are handed prenatal vitamins and said, you know, we aren't going to pay for any neural tube defects, so take your vitamins. Now, trying to verify that was was hard to do. Uh, But those are the kind of things, if we know those things, 
that we can get those messages into Congress and say, hey, this is what other countries are doing. It certainly makes sense from, that's, that's what I do with my goats. You know, I make sure my goats have lots of vitamins and minerals besides just going out and eating grass, you know. Well, we were just uh, talking over the weekend, some Dutch research, uh, taking a look at over 44,000 Dutch women who had um, uh, given birth over a recent six-year period and finding those who had the highest consumption of of the good fats, the essential fatty acids, had the least risk of premature birth. And, of course, that's another uh, segment of many dollars being spent uh, by a healthcare system that that is is straining under the load, Bill. Oh, most people have no idea that if you have somebody uh, a child go into the neonatal intensive care unit, they cost number one a million dollars. They're usually Medicaid dollars, by the, paid for by the state, and fifty percent of them wind up mentally retarded. Now those numbers are horrible, and so anything we can do to further help. Uh, a woman through pregnancy and prenatal care and, and proper nutrition is just vital. Uh, that's one of the reasons I, I was just talking to one of our Senate sponsors. Uh, Senator Coburn sponsored our the Health Freedom Foundation's event in the Senate, and I was told very clearly that he uses dietary supplements in his clinical practice and, and wanted to make sure that this message got out. So, you know, given the fact that that we're you know in the middle of um, of an election season, um, and you know many um, questions being asked and, and much scrutiny, um, you know, d- does anybody uh, you know strike you, Bill, as really having a handle um, that you know I go back t- you know time and again to. Uh, uh, to Mr. Speaker, to, to uh, Newt Gingrich's book, Saving Lives, Saving Money, where mm-hmm. he makes a, a very interesting call to, to really shake up the way we look at medicine in this country. He took a look at type 2 diabetes uh, as just a case in point where, I mean, even Harvard studies show that we could eliminate as much as 93, 95% of it just with lifestyle changes, Bill. Oh, absolutely. These are, they, this is vital. And one of the, other interesting things that's in uh, Gingrich's book is the changing the way we do malpractice. Right. So we make it more like, you know, I just flew flew on a plane, and I depend on the plane to take me safely, as safely as humanly possible, to and from my destination. And they do a pretty good job of it, uh, especially considering all the factors involved. And yet if there's a mistake, you know, they look at what the mistake was and fix it. They they don't spend all their time figuring out who to blame and who to get money from. And it has actually given us a very safe transportation system. Right. Well, there's some evidence that if we did the same kind of thing for the medical system and started looking at where where the error came from more than uh, who to, who you could blame, uh, we we'd get some benefit. And of course, one of the things that ARC has been doing is part of what you get with uh, prescription uh, incidents mm-hmm. is either improperly filled prescriptions or improper doses. I mean, if they give you ten times more blood thinner than you have, it's a really bad event, you know. <laughs> That's how they killed Stalin, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, speaking of this congressional brief, uh, you know, briefing, you know, dwelling just for a moment on, on the, you know, the Food and Drug Administration is, is part of this. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
Bill, that you know, many of us ask ourselves the question, you know, j- just exactly what are the standards? You know, wh- when did you know drug uh, uh, induced death and kidney failure and, and liver failure become you know accepted side effects of prescribed medication, Bill? <laughs> well, I remember when we we put Viagra on the market, we had a couple hundred deaths the first couple of weeks. Yes, <laughs> nobody was nobody was pulling it off the market. Uh, of course, you know, Ephedra got it for having 150 associated deaths in in 10 years. <laughs> I just <laughs> it was kind of hard for me to say, okay, we had 202 weeks versus. <laughs> so, of course, then then you had to be told to. Be sure and check with your doctor before you get your prescription. Uh, I think you got that from your doctor in the first place. But anyway, the there we we have to develop a better way to both track this and and weigh it. And I've even heard some people say, well, the side effects to Vioxx were acceptable, and if we could have mitigated some of the side effects in some way, it would have been a a, a better drug. Okay. Bill, hold that thought. We don't want to miss a minute. We'll sure. pick that right back up when we return. Dr. Bill Duncan joining us today on behalf of the American Association for Health Freedom, healthfreedom.net. Inviting you to join us right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, back to the only talk show host in America certified to be 100% organic, Deborah Ray. Dr. Bill Duncan joining us today on behalf of the American Association of Health Freedom. If you want to follow health freedom issues that relate to you as a healthcare consumer, that may relate to your healthcare practitioner, healthfreedom.net is a great source of that information. If you're not webified, 1-800-230-2762. We're talking about the upcoming uh, congressional uh, briefing um, uh, on behalf of the American Association of Health Freedom with Dr. Bill Duncan, who joins us today, talking about uh, you know that you know whether that's you know Zelnorm or uh, prescription of synthetic hormone replacement therapy or Vioxx, uh, you know leading you know I even heard physicians you know jokingly say you know how many deaths does it take for the Food and Drug Administration to actually do something about a drug bill? <laughs> well, they do get concerned about deaths at that at that point, and and that's one of the things that triggers them to investigate things. One of the one of the things that we're really trying to pass through in this briefing as well, which Dr. Sink is going to be talking about, is, you know, when when CDC sends out their teams to find out what epidemic is happening and why, they send out both the infectious disease team and the environmental medicine team. And yet, the way our medical system works, it's basically infectious disease training our docs get. And so, one of the things that was, has been so helpful to me is to find this whole group of docs that are actually practicing environmental medicine and integrative medicine as well, where they're looking at not only is it an infectious agent, but also do you have toxins that need to be get, gotten rid of. And and that, uh, when you find out how the, the effects of these toxins, I remember preparing for a uh, hearing we had on mercury, and I looked over the effects of 48 patients that, that Harvard reported and the, the diseases they had. And I go, my gosh, these are the people I see all the time that have just intractable disease like chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia and and uh, strokes and cancer and, and all these kind of things. And they were all reported in this report as side effects of mercury poisoning. I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> did, 
is is there something here that I've been missing all these years? And there was, and that was that whole toxicology side of medicine. And uh, our so many people. I just had a Air Force pilot who's been grounded, and as I was talking to him, he's been poisoned by all the metals he's been around all these years. Hey, this, and this week's you know Journal of the American Medical Association, the current one out, uh, you know, talks about you know what's happening with male uh, babies' uh, reproductive health because of of the you know the phthalates and plastics in in our hospitals, Bill. Uh huh. Yeah. And you know, people, many people don't realize that the Roman Empire fell because if you were rich, you were ingesting 200 micrograms of lead a day by accident, mm-hmm. just sheerly by ignorant accident, because they sweetened their wine with lead. Oh, important information. Always a privilege and pleasure. Come back soon. Thank you. Our thanks to Bill Duncan, who joined us today on behalf of the American Association for Health Freedom, HealthFreedom.net. I'm Deborah Ray, reminding you: live long, stay healthy.